All right, and good mark. Oh, that scared Luna. She is gone. She is. <laughs> She's gone. like, I'm out of here. <laughs> oh, gymnastics just started. <laughs> now Luna really is out of here. <laughs> well, she's gonna go watch gymnastics. <laughs> Big gymnastics can't fan that cat of yours. Gymnast cats. Very gymnast cats. <laughs> I mean, I'm a big fan. This is the last night one where, like, the best gymnast walked out. Yeah, um, she she said for, she wasn't like, feeling mental health. Yeah, mentally yeah. she wasn't there. Which is, I mean, great. Good on her. Honestly, how, how could she? How could she be there mentally with uh, everything going on? I mean. It's got to be such a bizarre experience being at the Olympics right now, essentially alone, you know? Well, yeah, she. I think she also contributed a lot of her, like, um, PTSD for, like, Larry Nasser and stuff um, uh, being at competition. Yeah, mm -hmm. could see that. Like, that, that was sucks. triggering for her. Yeah, that's pretty awful. Yeah. Something that's not awful, Olympic skateboarding. It's pretty dope. No, that it's is only, amazing. It's literally, it's literally so good. Olympic sports that I've watched. And I watch boxing. And, You're like, fine. all the... And, Taekwondo. BMX. I know BMX is also on there, but I haven't seen any yet. It hasn't. It, they've only done uh, park and no Have street they done park? skateboarding. They did street. They've only done street yeah. and uh, dirt bike oh. so far. Um, motocross. No, I don't think motocross is a thing. Not yet. You're not a thing. <laughs> it, it's not a thing in the Olympics. <laughs> You're not a thing in the Olympics. Boom. We're, I'm Nailed not it. a Let's thing go. in the Olympics. <laughs> there, there is no Amy Amy Games. I mean, if watching movies was an Olympic sport, you know, it's, I could get gold in that. It's uh, like know. nestling into a bag of, of popcorn, <laughs> making, <laughs> that's a, the, yeah, that's making a fort of, of snack food wrappers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if being lazy is an Olympic sport, I'm there. There you go. There you go. All right. Do you want to start this episode? <laughs> <laughs> hey, everyone, and welcome to the Nostalgia Effect, the podcast where we examine movies from our childhood through the lens of adulthood. As always, I'm Amy, and we have Joe Hello. and Johnny. Yo. And I have a little bit of housekeeping before we get into this episode. Yeah, your place is messy. I, I know. That I house. try to clean. There's <laughs> yeah. too many snack wrappers. <laughs> um, I misread the info on Turning Red before um i kind of went you? into it it is not based off a short that it is being directed by the same woman who directed the bow short uh, you're getting your so, shorts mixed up all right no i just misread and dyslexic some things you just made up stuff you just lied you just lied basically you lied no. to our faces, and I, quite frankly, I feel like you need to apologize. No, I, <laughs> I am not. I am standing my ground. I am abling myself. She's I am being an ableist she's, for my mental disorder. She's <laughs> issued mental. her retraction. I'm just, I don't know. I feel personally offended by that, so I'm going to need well, an apology in written that is, form. That is your personal you issue, read. and you will have to get over it. Shh. Shh. <laughs> I've made it this far, Joe. Shut up. <laughs> it's actually impressive you have made it this far. <laughs> I know. You know, I don't think, John, I, I don't, uh, I don't know where I was going with that. I got distracted <laughs> by my TV. Wow. 
Okay, anyways, we don't have any talking trailers this week because the only real trailer of interest that came out was the new Ghostbusters Afterlife, and we know how Joe is about trailers. Well, yeah. For movies know, that he wants to see. Yes, because I'll watch the first one. My rule is I'll watch the first one. I'll watch the teaser right. and the first full trailer, and then after that, I already know I'm going, mm-hmm. and I and I don't want to see more because then they, they really start doling things out. And a buddy of mine told me that there weren't any. He, he had a moment of weakness. He watched the trailer. He said, do not watch this trailer. And he said it several times. <laughs> and he said there yeah. weren't any story spoilers, um, but there were emotional spoilers. And I would prefer to be spoil-free walking you, you into that film. You prefer your emotions to be unspoiled. Yes, I prefer fresh emotions. He keeps them in a he keeps them in a Tupperware container. Fresh okay, farmer's market emotions. <laughs> Grass-fed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're going to get straight into the movie this week. Because straight I think it's going to be... Straight into the nitty-gritty, if you will. And it is gritty. It is very gritty. And it's gritty. (laughs) Well, I mean, I think it's going to be a really big, like, it's going to be a big episode anyways, because I don't know if, Joe, this movie is on the 1001 list. If you, well, I should say the movie first. It's Dirty Harry. Or what, Joe? Unclean Harold. (laughs) It is on the 1001 list. So Uh by watching this, I will be checking it off the 1001 list. So would you consider this another secret shame? Um... I don't know about shameful. I feel like Dirty Harry is one of those films everybody's heard of. It's kind of like mm-hmm. um, there's there's a, there's a lot of literature this that's this way, like uh, The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde or Sherlock Holmes. Everybody knows it. Everybody knows of it. But um, how many people have actually, you know, first person, in this case, watched the film or well, read so the books? There's so many Sherlock Holmes books. I don't think... Yeah, there's like four novels. Those, and... Except for like nerds like you or my dad. So yes, Amy, you're right. I have read all four novels, and I think there's 55, 56 short stories. I have them in one mm-hmm. book of Sherlock Holmes. Um, but yeah, I feel like everybody knows Dirty Harry. Everybody knows it's Clint Eastwood. Everybody knows that he's some kind of tough cop. He's and got the magnum. Honestly, yeah. that's what I, know. I, I just know that line. Assumed, I kind of assumed this was a Western. I don't know. For some reason, I it's, just associate Clint Eastwood with Western. It's either police yeah. or Western for Clint mm-hmm. Eastwood. There's, there's really that's or what he does. Or old racists. Or old racists. Yeah. Um. But yeah, yeah. So, um, shameful. Personally, yes. Societally, I don't think so because most people are guilty of that same shame. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, well, this is also what was this? The seventies? Nineteen seventy-one. Yeah. I think yeah, I looked is... up the date and it was like Christmas. It came out like Christmas weekend or something. The twenty-third of December. 1971. Oh, like it's a Christmas any... movie. <laughs> it is a Christmas movie. Right. Like, I do I do agree. I, the only reason I know this movie is because of its pop culture sort of legacy from mm-hmm. the 90s, really. Yeah. Because um, that's, you know, there was, uh, I think it's like, what is it? Jim Carrey does like the little, I think he does a little spoof of it in, I forget what movie. I think it's The Mask. I think it was in The Mask. Is yeah. it The Mask? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it might be. It might be The Mask. I feel if there, if Jim Carrey's going to do any pop culture spoof it would, in the 90s, it would probably have been in The Mask. I'm pretty yeah. sure it's The Mask. Yeah. Well, um, you know, there was just, uh, I felt like the, especially the, the, the do you feel lucky punk, like that line. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is pretty classic. Although, I, I do think with, I don't think most people like I would say like a young anybody younger than us like I would say the nineties the Gen cutoff Z. year yeah Gen Z wouldn't know what the hell Dirty Harry is I'm pretty sure they don't know who Clint Eastwood is at all 
No, mm-hmm. because Gen Z, I don't think Gen Z knows anything movie-related except for Euphoria and the new Gossip Girl. Those aren't movies. No, but that's all they know pop culture-wise. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> you said movie-related. Like, I don't think they would know any, like, they're just all TikTokified. I'm are being, they? I am are being they? an are you old being, grump. Yeah, I am you being, being a generational... Clint Eastwood, except I'm just not an old racist. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually wonder what young people know about this movie. Well, I'm just saying, I feel like its relevancy is only, it's only, I think it stops at us. I think it stops at kids born in the 90s. After that, I think anybody anybody born past 2000 will not know what Dirty Harry is. I don't think hmm. my sisters would know what it is. Like, no, I think done. I know it because, like, my sisters are four and six years younger than me, especially my sister who just turned 25. She would not know anything about this no if you if you even if you growing up in the same household as me where my dad loved westerns he loved clint eastwood she would not know who the hell clint eastwood is did or dirty hair or or she or that what i find um a lot of times with young people is that they'll know them from in a way that we sort of only tangentially associate so she might know clint eastwood only as some kind of one-time political figure maybe she would not nope she wouldn't even know the talking to the stool bit really wow (laughs) well my sister's also kind of um if she's listening to this she's not listening to this but would you say maybe just oblivious to some of some of the larger workings of society um what else is wrong with your sister no (laughs) i love her she's like the sweetest person ever (laughs) but she's just just a little bit of an airhead right well, and, and you know the thing is, is I think, um, and you know, I think you guys will see this as we get into the film. It is a film very much so of yesterday. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, and I don't mean that in terms of how it's made, um, but really the subject matter. Um, like it, it comes from. Um, I, I mean, I think most people know that the 1970s and 80s. Uh, but especially the 70s was an especially uh, an especially violent time in America. There mm-hmm. was a lot of crime. It was really dangerous out there. And That's when a lot of serial killers started becoming like really, really pro- pro- prolific. Right. Like that was the age of the serial killer. And, you know, gang violence and just mm-hmm. just or- like ordinary violence, but at, at, on, a, on a level that really hadn't been seen previously. Mm-hmm. And so Dirty Harry was essentially a, 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 a cry of frustration about that. And, and um, you know, and I, I don't know that we have anything, you know, now, now gun violence is, you know, mass shootings and police, there's a crisis in, in policing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think it's very much so a movie of yesterday in a way that almost yeah. makes it, that would, and you guys let me know once we watch it, but um, might almost make it seem quaint or even totally out of touch with, with what we expect from movies kind today. Kind of like what Johnny had talked about with Lethal Weapon last yeah. week, mm-hmm. where his view of it was tainted by a lot of the discussion around, like, police, like, policing just in general. As well as modern films that deal with modern storylines. Yeah. Yeah, although the, the uh, what I was trying to get at with, with that train of thinking on Lethal Weapon is just that it, it, it's the it's the blueprint to later mm-hmm. things that I love. Mm-hmm. So I do mm-hmm. like it. It's a good yeah. movie. Um, but it's just not... You know, it's not. We're not my favorite. There, if, I, if, I would say if 
if uh, Lethal Weapon is the blueprint to modern films, I would consider Dirty Harry almost the cave painting to that blueprint. <laughs> like it's, yeah, yeah, you know. I can see that. Yeah. Well, that's, and that's what we, when we were talking about. Like, because this movie is, you know, Dirty Harry. It's like, it's it's a classic, but it's like, it's sort of like getting to the end of its uh, of its legacy. People yeah, are gonna, maybe yeah. maybe like it'll a be forgotten where there's yeah. maybe not a place for it anymore. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm very and curious. I mean, I think to, that's yeah. that's kind of the reason why you had picked this one because it's this is your birthday episode, Joe. Yes, yes. Happy birthday to me, everybody! Watch an old violent movie. Yeah, we let Joe <laughs> pick, and this is what happened. <laughs> yeah, he he picked this. I think kind of to continue along the lines of Lethal Weapon and like kind of that blueprint of the modern cop slash action movie mm-hmm. kind of feel. Yeah, absolutely. Um, even though they're very different films, uh, very, yeah. very different in terms of mm-hmm. tone, in terms of style, in terms of really everything. Um, but I, I think you don't get Lethal Weapon without Dirty Harry, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm. Um, I mean, like, it does not come out of, like, Lethal Weapon doesn't come out of a vacuum without Dirty Harry existing first. Yeah, everything's sort yeah. of, it's sort of like, we, you know, it, that's a yeah. blueprint to, and then, you know. And I would say, that. like, you don't, maybe you don't get Dirty Harry without Bullet, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Like, it's just kind of, because um, I think Bullet was, like, 60, um, when was Bullet? Nobody knows what you're talking about. Steve McQueen, Bullet, No. I, don't, I know what he's talking about. Well, no, I, you don't. You don't get Dirty Harry without Bullet. <laughs> I mean, Bullet, I've heard of so. Bullet. I've never seen it. I know who Steve McQueen is. Oh, that that that's a movie to watch, too. Maybe it's probably maybe it's on your list. I don't know. Mm, uh, it's probably I on see. the 1001 list. I have not checked. Joe, when did you first see this movie? Okay. And why did you mm-hmm. pick it, I suppose? Yeah. Out of all movies. Of all movies. Outside of the reasons I had just given. I mean, that was really it. And it was just something that sort of popped into my mind while we were talking about Lethal Weapon was, was mm-hmm. sort of thinking about Dirty Harry. And then I was and then I was willing to bet that neither one of you had seen it. Um, yeah. I, I first saw this film uh, 2004, maybe. Something like, like that. Like in film school or something? Uh, no, watch it on my own. No, like how how old were you? Like, well, what age were you when you saw this movie? Basically, in the age of men, com- I was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I was. Were you like a teenager? Were you like an 20? adult? Well, I think I was twenty. So, so you were like a yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah. Like and I was adult. aware of Dirty Harry, much like everybody else. I knew the yeah. Do You Feel Lucky Punk. I knew. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, um, you know, I knew all those bits. My uncle Gil, who um, was a um, a career police officer in Arizona. Uh, he's a big Clint Eastwood fan. Loves westerns. Uh, I don't. I don't know if he loves Dirty Harry. If if, if I'm honest, uh, but I know he loves Clint Eastwood. Um, mm-hmm. And and this is the kind of film that he would. I I think feel like people must see even if it's not a favorite of his i should ask him mm-hmm. uh so i knew of the movie but had just never seen it because i thought well how how good could it be how interested could i be um and then mm-hmm. i i rented it one day and i was blown away i thought it was i thought it was fantastic uh, and i mm-hmm. thought it was kind of um it had it was i thought it was at times ahead of its time in terms of how it was shot um mm-hmm. and it's i i i've i think it's um i remember being surprised at how it was executed you know it's a very it's a very dark movie and i don't mean just in tone i mean it is a dark movie a lot of it happens at yeah, night just like lighting and yeah. yeah and and there are points where you really can't see what's going on 
in a in a fantastic way like it's almost a horror film because of that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so it's just it's it's kind of in that way an interesting collision of genres um and the fact that it was 1971 was sort of amazing to me because i feel like most mostly modern filmmaking starts with jaws and star wars and rocky and exorcist so that's like 1975 mm-hmm. to 1977 like that's when movies as as we know them the way they're made now started and Dirty Harry was right before that. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's... And so I was just kind of blown away. I also had never really seen Clint Eastwood that young. And I remember thinking, he kind of looks a little bit like Hugh Jackman. <laughs> uh, and so I thought that was kind of funny. Um, Is this before or after the Man With No Name trilogy? Uh, this was after. He'd already been... He'd already become a household mm-hmm. name uh, as, a, as a Western star. And was, was, was like... He was... I'm pretty sure he had name above title on this. So when people went to go see Dirty Harry, they were like, ah, yes, Clint Eastwood. I like him. Mm -hmm. I like his other films. Um, So, yeah, and I just kind of felt like, why not a a one-two punch of of, uh, classic cop action movies? Um, Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious about you guys. Amy, you said your dad likes westerns, but I feel like this is definitely a movie that you would not have seen growing up even a little bit because it is very much so not for children. Yeah, I like I didn't even want like my dad would watch westerns and he loved westerns mm-hmm. and he loved Clint Eastwood movies But I don't think I ever really watched a lot of them with him just because they never really interested me mm-hmm. I like I always grew like very bored of them I think sure. the first real western I ever got interested in was when we watched like the searchers during my Scorsese class. Oh, yeah mm-hmm. And then I watched like the good the bad and the ugly yep. a couple years ago and I fell in love with it. Like, yeah. that's one of my favorite films mm-hmm. of all time. And it's probably the only Clint Eastwood movie that I've watched that I actually enjoy. Oh, wow. Like, I do not like Million Dollar Baby. I think it's boring as fuck. Mm. It's just, like, a ter- I think it's a terrible movie. Mm-hmm. And Gran Torino was okay. Mm-hmm. But, like, I love The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. It's fantastic. That's interesting. Would you say, of the films that... Eastwood has directed do you not like him as a director but you like him well enough as an actor in certain things yeah mm-hmm. I think he he does a better job of being a director or being an actor more so than a director mm-hmm. but I feel like he's directed a lot of stuff maybe hold on let yeah. me I mean, he does what he, he directs he, he's got a long list of movies that he's directed yeah for and sure. I, I mean I will say I, I quite I'm I don't love everything that he's directed, and I don't love everything that he starred in. But the things that I do uh, like, paint of his, my wagon. Okay, well, yeah, that's, that's goes cl- that goes unsaid, Johnny. <laughs> that one's an instant uh, classic. That's the only, loved that's by the all. Only one. Yeah, <laughs> the, for li- listener, that's a uh, I believe a western musical it starring is. Clint Eastwood and Lee Marvin, if I'm not mistaken. Nobody knows who Lee Marvin is, and it's a Simpsons joke. It is a Simpsons joke. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason I know, the only reason I know much about Clint Eastwood's career is through osmosis of other pop culture that I consumed as a child. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think I've seen five Clint Eastwood directed films: Million Dollar Baby, Gran Torino, Sully, Richard Jewell. And Jay Edgar. Mm. Out of all of those, the only reason I like Jay Edgar is because, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, I only liked Sully because, you know, Tom Hanks. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the only one I think I really actually enjoyed for the content and the actual, like, the actuality and directing of it is Richard Jewell. But yeah. it's still not, like, a film I would go back to and watch again after I watched it in theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, Johnny, it's Paint Your Wagon. Whatever. <laughs> something um, about painting wagons 
it's so funny. I'm actually sort of scrolling through his um, filmography as a director, and the the uh, there is a there is a sameness to the key art. If you just sort of look through it, it's all kind of <laughs> it's all just like the same. It's very distinctive. Um, yeah, uh, it's a lot of uh, blacks, blues, and reds, and and black and white, or very desaturated. Um, yeah. I see. I quite the way liked, he views the world, right? I just because he's old. But uh, I I liked Gran Torino a lot. Um, I really liked Invictus, which was wonderful. That's the Matt mm-hmm. Damon one, right? Yeah, Matt Damon and uh, Morgan Freeman. It's it's mm-hmm. the better more uh, it's the better Nelson Mandela film that came out. That was not uh the one with Idris Elba, which was not great. Yeah, I mean like and True then, Crimes. Yeah. I, I remember enjoying True Crime, Absolute Power, uh, Unforgiven. Kind of a classic. Did he direct that one? Yeah, yeah. and starred in it. Um, there's a lot of these where i'm like oh he directed that yeah like bridges of madison county i'm like clint eastwood directed that yeah and he's actually um sort of un he's an un uh, this might be a fun fact that you uh will bring up later but he is um he directed parts of uh dirty harry as well interesting yeah interesting. so he's so he's kind of uncredited as a director quite often and his own things um, mm. I, he, he, I think he did some, some directing for Fistful of Dollars, which is one of my favorites, even though it's a ripoff of Yojimbo. Um, he, uh, I think he did some directing in that film too, because he was like the only person who spoke English. I feel like samurai films and Western films are just ripoffs of each other. Oh yeah, totally. Samurais are just Japanese Westerns. Mm-hmm. They totally are. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely a ripoff when the Japanese version comes out first. And then the one that True. comes out after is kind of shot for shot the same movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like Lion King? Yeah. No, great samurai film. <laughs> right? Lion King was a great samurai film, especially with Donald Glover in there, you know? Yeah. Um, so, Johnny, you know of Dirty Harry. Have never... Yes. Have you seen any I've bits of I've never actually... I've only seen the bits, the the classic yeah. uh, mm-hmm. of "Do You Feel Lucky, Punk?" with, mm-hmm. with the guy. Mm-hmm. That's the I think that's the only scene I had seen, uh, only scene I had seen <laughs> of the uh, of this movie. Yeah. I mean, I knew mm-hmm. I knew about I knew it was Clint Eastwood. I knew he was like grizzled and, mm-hmm. and tough. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't know he was a cop. I re- I had no I didn't know what he was. I was just, he's a guy with a gun. Yep. And he, he shoots people. <laughs> he does. He does do yeah. that. Yeah. So I was like, all right, that's that's what it is. Yeah. Um, so beyond that, I didn't know anything other than they made a lot. They made a lot. They made like a series of them, and mm-hmm. it was like it's one of mm-hmm. it's it's his other franchise. He's yeah. got the the trilogy, uh, mm-hmm. the Western trilogy, Man with No Name, and then this one. Yeah, Dirty Harry. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Although that's, that's basically it. I I mean I my my Clint Eastwood fan theory is that all of the westerns that he's in are actually happening to the same dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's well, I mean, good. three of them, like, he's a different character in the Man With No Name trilogy, or is he the same character throughout all three of them? Because I've only seen The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. I haven't seen A Few Dollars More or Fistful of Dollars. Um, He's supposed to be the same guy. He's the man with no name. With Although no they name. call him Joe in the movies. What the fuck? I guess the Joe trilogy doesn't sound as good. <laughs> <Doesn't> sound... Man. <laughs> man. No one wants to go see the Joe trilogy. Come on, man. See the jo- Clint Eastwood in the Joe trilogy. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at some of these, like, key arts, and he's wearing that, like, he's not wearing a poncho in all of them, but he's wearing that same, like, flat-brimmed, uh-huh. wide-brim hat. Yeah. yeah, he's supposed to be the same. But, I mean, other no, films. Like, not just in the trilogy, but in, like, other westerns that he's done. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But that's just because all westerns, there's only one look to the west. Pretty <laughs> to much. To the old west, right? It's dirty, and it's dusty. Especially and if your name brown. is Harry. <laughs> <laughs> and it's brown. <laughs> I um, mean... 
They got, got a lot of facial hair. I think it was also more like, he looks good in this hat, so we'll just keep him in the hat. Yeah, just keep him in the he hat. He does look good <laughs> in that hat. If it, if it ain't He's broken, the shit out of it. that hat. Um, and he is, yeah, so, to be fair. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, I don't really know much about this movie other than what we just talked about. Okay. And the pop culture-ness mm-hmm. yeah. of it. Yeah. That's about it. All right. Well, then, um, I mean, I'm, I'm curious for you guys to see it. Let's yeah, I mean, like, this. movies... Movies from the 1950s to late 1970s ha- are, like, kind of my comfort food lately, especially, like, noirs and kind of, like, I don't, I wouldn't say cop movies, but just, like, noir detective, detective stories. movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have just, like, been something that I'm, like, comfort, I'm, like, eating, like, a bag of popcorn. Yeah. Right now. I, I would so, say, it's funny. No, you're not. I, <laughs> I can see you. You're not eating popcorn. You liar. Currently, That's the second lie. In the past second two, lie of the in episode, the past quite week. frankly. We should call it the liar effect, all right? Because <laughs> all Amy, these lies. Liarman. <laughs> hey, only you can see me. You could be lying to the audience. Ooh. That's true. That is true. Um, I'm an unreliable narrator. <laughs> it is funny, Amy, that you would say about noir because I was saying that it kind of had some horror movie elements. But now that mm-hmm. I think about it, I wonder if they were also aiming for like a modern noir feel as well. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think I will. I will well, see what that you is guys something think. for us to watch and discuss. All right, here we go. <laughs> Let's watch. Let's go. Before we watch the movie, a quick word from our sponsors. And now our feature presentation. And we're back. All right. Well, were you punks lucky? Did you like it? I loved it. Like, I can say I like, I really love two Clint Eastwood movies. <laughs> <laughs> she can say it. She Without can. it being a lie. Yeah. Right? right. Without it the being lies, a lie. The lies stop here. <laughs> All right. Uh, Johnny, how did you feel? I liked it. I liked it. Um, I, I have some, you know, issues. I don't even know if issues. I just... Uh, it was, it was good. I liked it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm still trying to kind of like process it. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's actually, yeah. For, for a movie that's, I don't know what the script looked like, but there's not a whole lot of dialogue, so I can't imagine there the was script was There five very... scripts. Were there really five scripts? Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, there isn't a lot of dialogue, but there's a lot going on in the movie. There is. And, and it's, uh, what I was going to bring about the script length is I, I can't imagine it was a very long script, you mm-hmm. know? Um, mm-hmm. it's, and it has a lot of conflicting interest in a good way conflicting interesting mm-hmm. takes on things um mm-hmm. a, and um but the yeah. movie's long the movie is long yeah it's like two two it's like almost uh it's like i think it's, it's like almost two hour, hours yeah, it's, it's like an hour 45 five or something I, like I feel like part of the reason sometimes i i feel like the movie feels a little bit long only because it feels like there's two or three movies in it because at first you think mm-hmm. oh it's going this way and then it goes totally off and then it stays on that and you're like oh okay we're going this way and then the third act See, feels like well, bonus it's kind movie. of like scorpio making uh harry zigzag across san francisco yeah mm-hmm. yeah well yeah there's just there's <laughs> it also just feels long because it's the 70s and this is they were just it's not they super cutty. Extra, yeah, yeah, they do these extra long takes. I remember specifically this one, the scene where he's going to meet the mayor. And yeah. It's the really grand. Uh-huh. Um, uh, and he literally walks into the frame yep. all the way up the stairs mm-hmm. and into the thing. No cut. It's mm-hmm. like, it's a good solid. Like, that wouldn't. Yeah, I like the the grandness. The shot was cool. Yeah, but you just needed to walk. You just need to see it, and you just need to establish that he's there. Yeah, yeah, that he's there. I will point out that that staircase he walks up is the same Mm -hmm. staircase that Indiana Jones is standing on 
when he says those damn fools they don't know what they have and then and the next scene is where they're putting the ark in that big warehouse that's the same staircase oh at the end yeah Yeah. that's pretty cool you mentioned how dark it was in terms of the visuals yeah that bothered me because Mm. mainly because since it's an old 70s movie like it doesn't show up as black on the screen it shows up as gray Mm, and it's and it's pixelated because it's it's a you know it's an old ass movie running through digital streaming and it's gray and it's like a little pixelated and blurry and it just doesn't look good oh that's interesting you can't tell oh i got that but i think my my tv might not be color calibrated bright um so it's actually interesting that 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 you're um how did how did you watch it amazon amazon rented it that's interesting. Um, the because I have the Blu-ray and the and Blu-ray, I watched Joe's Blu-ray right, and I think the Blu-ray is fantastic looking. Um, mm-hmm. They did a really really nice job, and the for me on my television, the bits where the movie goes totally black, it's black. Yeah, no, for yeah. me it was like a grayish. Like, oh like, no, you know how, I'm you know sorry. How when black, when black looks, when it's yeah, black, yeah. It's more it's more noise than absence of light. Mm-hmm. Yes, I had to turn yes. my light off. It was like because it was so black that it was just all I could see was the light bulb. Mm. I had to turn my light off so I could like actually kind of try to comprehend what was going on. Yeah, and and so so for me, I I found that like surprising and interesting and cool because you would never see like when when a movie says it's nighttime, it's beautifully lit nighttime most of the time. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's like day to night sometimes. Yeah. Whereas even. there's exactly, but there's points in this movie where it gets so dark and 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 you're like well shit what's gonna come out of the dark and sometimes things yeah. do like these weird denizens of san francisco do emerge from the dark yeah i see i didn't get that i mean I, in some way like when the first time he confronts uh the scorpio the, the bad guy mm-hmm. uh in mm-hmm. the uh, in the park i think it is with the big cross yeah yeah i mm-hmm. do really like i do really like there was one shot in particular when he tells him to turn around, uh-huh. he turns around, and then it cuts to, like, the upshot of oh, the yeah. cross. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. I really mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's like, super Put your nose in the thing. Yeah. yeah, put your nose in the thing, and then, yeah. like, it, it cuts to a, just a view, mm-hmm. the view that he would see, you yeah. know? And, I don't know, just to put that in the film, is I think it's like, oh, that's that's a cool, that's a cool little bit of stylized yeah. filmmaking, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, that's, and that's kind of where... Um, I did catch the feeling of it being a little bit of ahead of its time yeah. in, in, in the way that it was made, mm-hmm. um, you know, in, in the filmmaking process. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's funny you should mention that scene because that's one that there's like there's shots in this movie that haunt me. That's one. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. There's also maybe one of my absolute favorite. I mean, I don't have I don't have like a top favorite, but in in a grouping of favorite shots of films. Ever. There's the scene where Harry is starting to torture Scorpio and he steps on his leg where he shot him mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and the camera starts out oh, really close yes! and then it keeps pulling back and pulling back and you realize it was on a helicopter. Yeah, I wonder, I was like, did they, that was a helicopter because yeah. the only way, they, I was like, how could they get that shot? I was like, uh-huh. oh, it seems yeah. like a helicopter is the only way they can get it. I was like, yeah. you, nowadays you would do it with a drone, but they didn't have drones. Yeah. So it's I mean, like, now like, they would probably even just CG that. Yeah. I mean, I was, that, that shot did impress the shit. It literally, I was yeah. like, wow. Uh huh. That's fucking cool. And yeah. It just cuts mm-hmm. the. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, all of those like long, those long shots, mm-hmm. um, like especially the opening scene where they're shooting it from a rooftop onto a hotel pool. Uh huh. 
And then, like, at the very end, where they, like, pull out from him on that dock by the lake. Mm -hmm. And it's just, like, and then it stops. And you just see him kind of, like, walking in the distance as the credits scroll. And I'm just, like, they're they're so beautiful. Yeah. And, like, not something that you see. You kind of see that a lot in 70s. You don't see it as much now. Mm -hmm. um, just, like, with the holding on the takes or the, the extremely long pan outs. Like, yeah. That's something it... It feels a little reminiscent of, like, Hitchcock. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, especially within, like, the opening credits of Psycho. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Which he wanted. Where it's kind of, like, going into the hotel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's there's another shot that's, that's really long and really dark, so it probably didn't work for you, Johnny, but when he's running down that um that tunnel and you can just see this like little pinpoint of light that he's running towards and 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 you can just and he disappears for a while and then you and then he sort of goes in front of that pinpoint of light as he's running mm -hmm. and it, you just there's yeah. i just love that sense of there's claustrophobia there's loneliness you know the fact that it very much feels like harry is on his own you know yeah um mm -hmm. And, and, and it's, it's what I was talking about, like the denizens of San Francisco, sometimes emerging from the dark, like those three guys who are just like, what's in the bag? And then he has to, he has to yeah. fight them off. They literally just appear. Yeah. Like I looked down for like one second and I heard somebody talking and I looked up and I'm like, where did they come from? Yeah. And it's it. That's how it is in the movie. Like, even if you hadn't blinked, they would still, they just appear out of the darkness. And it kind of reminds me a little bit of how um, that happens in Star Wars sometimes. Like, you know, it, like there's, there's just like an alien all of a sudden that comes out of the the desert mm -hmm. you know that like turns around and all of a sudden you're like shit it was just it was just there yeah and you know just, just this constant sense of you cannot trust your surroundings in this movie at any time mm -hmm. um you know and sometimes it's those guys who are you know clearly bad guys and then there's the good samaritans that beat him up when he's looking in the window after the guy that he thought was maybe yeah. scorpio i mean he is peeping i do also like that that chick's name is it's hot mary hot. <laughs> Hot Mary, yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty good. Yeah, pretty and his good. partner's like, now I see why they call you Dirty Harry. Yeah, and he does that. He does the peeping Tom thing later when he's on like stakeout and he's looking through like the sniper rifle at that girl in her apartment. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Just I, I. Th so, so that's what I mean about this movie being very much from a different time because oh yeah actually in so many ways so firstly our our hero like harry's a good person like he at no he fully um he doesn't retaliate in any way shape or form against the samaritans who beat him up for for peeking in on on hot mary and her boyfriend you know like he's <laughs> yeah. like well, yeah he calls because mm -hmm. he, yeah, yeah. yeah it's just like it was that they didn't do anything wrong and so he yeah. so he leaves it but at the same point you know he like amy you said when he's looking in on the, on that woman across the street it's like dude you're you're, you're on a job but his his, his his what he says to himself is you owe it your you owe it to yourself to live a little Harry or something yeah. like yeah. that. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Although I will say she didn't even have any blinds closed, so she must not yeah. really have cared. She, so I'm not I'm not here to victim blame, but she's oh, yeah. asking for it. Uh, I don't know about asking so much as just passively didn't give a damn what anybody saw if they looked. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they were about to get it on in a threesome, so yeah. Um, and know. then, or maybe it was an art piece. I've, some artists are. Sure. Are yeah. Let's go with I that. mean, it's the seventies. People just walked around naked anyways. <laughs> yeah. And there's, and so like, there are funny bits to this movie. I mean, there's, there's, there's genuine, mm -hmm. there's like bits like that, that are kind of like, that are sort of funny. And then, and then mm -hmm. there's bits that are funny within the terrifying scene of like when he takes the gun out and Scorpion goes, Ooh, that's a big one. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. and, 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 you know, so I like, think he, that line was improvised. It was one of my fun facts where the actor it claims was. that he improvised. Andy line. Robinson yeah I, you know and I wouldn't be surprised because Andy Robinson is fantastic and he 
um, he, he plays um, a very um, integral character in Star Trek Deep Space Nine. And mm. this um, was his um, cinematic debut. Was he it was really? a theater actor before this. Wow. Uh-huh. He didn't know how to read um, a film script. He only knew how to read stage script. Oh, wow. That was one of the fun facts that I, I happened to cross. Uh, that's yeah. really interesting. Um, and he's great. Uh, Andy Robinson's great. Um, yeah. And then, um, so there's like those bits that are, you know, different different kinds of, of like tonally sort of funny, but then, but but maybe not what we would do today, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's then, pretty consistently just like horrifying. Yeah. Well, then yeah. there's the well, brutality. Well, there's just constant sense of dread. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's brutality and just constant sense of dread throughout the entire film. And there's, and, and, because, and. Because, I mean, you know. Yeah. Well, because, you oh, know, Scorp- Scorp- well, Scorpio is essentially Zodiac, you know, minus mm-hmm. the cypher. Yeah, that was one of the things that I um, had put, like, the like the first thing I noticed as soon as it kind of, like, really started getting into it all, like, when he found that note and it was like, oh, it's it's from Scorpio. And yeah. then mm-hmm. um, when he kidnapped the girl, I was like, okay, I'm getting extreme, not just Zodiac killer mm-hmm. vibes, because mm-hmm. one, his name is a Zodiac sign. Yep. It's set in the San Francisco slash Bay Area. Yep. He leaves notes. Yep. He does an opposite version of killing, mm-hmm. um, but it is insane. Like, you can see where Fincher took a lot of his inspiration from for Zodiac, yeah. the actual movie, mm-hmm. based on the Zodiac killers. And as I was... Like, as the movie was winding down, I was looking through the fun facts. The first fun fact that I found, even, was the serial killer Scorpio was loosely based on the Zodiac Killer. Oh, yeah. Who used to taunt the police and media with notes about his crimes, mm-hmm. in one of which he threatened to hijack a school bus full of children. Yeah, yeah. The role of Harry Callahan was loosely based on real-life detective David Toshi, who was the chief investigator of the Zodiac case mm-hmm. and i can't remember who plays him in the movie but uh, i think um that... i think it's mark ruffalo is it ruffalo it's either ruffalo or no yeah it's ruffalo because rdj was the newspaper guy with the um, newspaper Jake guy Gyllenhaal. yeah yeah um yeah and, and and you know and that's and that's the other thing about this movie is much like assault on precinct 13 and you know a few other movies of the time this movie does not shy away from really horrific crimes you know the 10 year old boy mm-hmm. the 14 year old girl um, mm-hmm. like, like even today, our villains aren't like that. Like, you know, you take, you know, like the Joker or somebody, they're still killing yeah. like adult men. Yeah. And yeah. they're, they're sort of like, like you don't, we have sort of a injury, like a fascination with antiheroes. I mm-hmm. think now more so they're not really villains. There's more like just like antiheroes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. I think just, Heath Ledger's Joker kind of brought that into prominence. Sure. Well, I mean, he's yeah, not like he an anti-hero, too. but like. That, but like, no, that I mean, just a, a villain that you character. like. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, this, yeah. No, this guy you villain. don't like. You no, know what I'm saying? He's, he's a monster. Yeah, like truly yeah. a monster. And you don't yeah. you don't see that kind of... And, and I'm not saying that we should <laughs> see that kind of violence more regularly yeah. I mean, in look, films. This, this goes back to your point of this being a film of yesteryear. Yeah. Right? This is a movie that was made in that frame of time, in that, in that time frame Yeah, with that mindset, you know? Mm-hmm. Of like, because mm-hmm. you're saying like this was a time of like violent crime, and, yeah, and, and you know that's what you were seeing on the news, and you know. and and media like news media was becoming more and more prevalent. Um, you know, it wasn't just Edward R. Murrow and the nightly news. There was there was more news now, and there was more things mm-hmm. to report. Um, and I remember my mom telling me um, that that one of the things about one of the things that Dirty Harry tapped into at the time was that um, everybody was becoming increasingly aware 
of uh, defense attorneys and the the rights of criminals feeling like they were trumping the rights of victims. And this mm-hmm. film is like a direct response to that. You know, when when yeah. when Harry says, "I'm all broken up about his rights yeah. after having tortured but him." But see, th- yeah, that's. That's where I. That's where like a movie becomes like less believable to me because I'm just like cops don't really care. They, I mean, they would a, cop, a real cop would have shot him, like just killed him yeah. right there. Right. Well, and that's the thing is like, and th- and that's and that's kind of one of the things about this movie that I think is is both interesting and also makes it sort of a, a time capsule because now mm-hmm. we're 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 in a time where we trust the police maybe not at all for some folks, mm-hmm. and we're seeing you know, uh, constant reports of unwarranted violence from police officers against people who were, were doing nothing wrong or only minimally wrong. Mm-hmm. And you have somebody like Harry who did break the law. He did violate the guy's rights, but he didn't kill him. And then there's more violence as a direct result. And so, mm-hmm. you know, culminating in Harry doing that, killing him, and mm-hmm. throwing his star away, which, yeah. was, which, was, which yeah. was actually a Western callback to um, High Noon where um, Gary Cooper's character does the same thing after taking on a, a gang of bad guys by himself at, at, to protect the town. And then and for the whole film, like, the bad guys are saying, we're going to come get you, we're going to come kill you. And he, go, and he goes around asking for people to back him up. And the entire town basically says, nah, nah, bro. <laughs> I'm not going to get involved nah, bro. in that. And, then, and so then he has to deal with it on his own. And then afterwards, he quits, and he throws his he throws his badge down, and he leaves the town basically defenseless. He's like, "Fuck you all! You didn't help me." Yeah, you know, and that's yeah. and that's kind of what this you know, and that's that's what I mean about this movie being this sort of like rage scream uh, against yeah. the violence that people were seeing, uh, or at least becoming mm-hmm. more aware of at the time. Yeah, uh, and it's mm-hmm. also it's one of those movies, that, uh, because it's, it's like the ending. It's just like oh. There's no kind of like resolution. It just ends. It just ends, you know. And it ends yeah. on a on a very unsure note. Like Harry blows the dude away, saves the kid. Yeah, but yeah. He doesn't feel good about it. Like he's like this is it's, yeah. it almost doesn't feel like a, a happy ending for it, a yeah, film. Yeah, it, well, it's not a happy. I mean, yeah, it doesn't feel like a triumph. It yeah. feels like mm-hmm. it feels like uh, you just kind of like you wrapped it up. Mm-hmm. You know, you wrapped up the story. Yeah, uh, and then mm-hmm. he's walking away. Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually I I did want to I, I really really did enjoy um, Clint Eastwood's acting yeah. in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought he's so fucking good. I'm like, okay, I can see why they made five more movies. Yes. Or four more movies F- uh, Yeah, yeah, four his character. More, yeah. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, he plays it really damn well. Yeah. Especially, I like the, the juxtaposition of the first time he uses the line, the, uh, uh-huh. the, the uh, yes. Are You Lucky Punk? He's uh-huh. it's sort of like a playful thing. Yeah, and yeah. And then, the when he does it in the last time he's uh-huh. he's not mm-hmm. playing around yeah and you know it's uh, it's so good I'm so glad he, you like he that. sells it so well yeah. he sells yeah. it so well I really do I really did it, I was like oh damn because I was like oh they're gonna just do it again they're just gonna just say uh-huh. the same line mm-hmm. but you can tell it's it's so different like, yeah none of the he's playful saying the same words was there yeah, yeah. No, but he, it is straight up like vengeance mm-hmm. 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 um. Yeah. And and the other that, thing, yeah. Uh, I was gonna say that line. Um, this might go. <laughs> I, I just I just saw Luna poke her head out from under your bed and then go back in. <laughs> she like moonwalked backwards. It was so good. No, she literally she like turtled. Like, a, she turtled. There is a huge fly that came in when I went to get the mail. I think, and I think she's chasing it mm. under your bed. <laughs> I just thought it was literally like it's like uh, her head poked out. She looked around and she was like, "Oh, she's still recording. Got to go back yeah. in." <laughs> <laughs> I saw it. It was hilarious. <laughs> Joe saw it too. I'm glad. I'm glad somebody else saw it. I'm <laughs> yeah. sorry, Amy. I'm sorry to cut you off. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. This this is going to probably send us off on like some other tangent, but 
that do you feel lucky punk line like um when i was in film school and we were doing our films like my teacher had a kind of like a 48 hour film approach to our projects where we would be in a group and he would give us like a MacGuffin, a genre, and a line. Mm -hmm. And I could have sworn that the line for one of my projects or one of my friend's projects was the Do You Feel Lucky Punk? And Mm. the one I was thinking of was actually a line from Cool Hand Luke. Ah. Um, But I ended up going down like this insane like rabbit hole trying to find it because I couldn't remember if it was like in one of my projects in a 48 that I did or if it was just something that I completely made up I never found it I even asked one of my friends I'm like did we use this line in one of our projects (laughs) I never found it I don't know without conclusive evidence again podcast of lies (laughs) I'm turning this into a podcast of lies I'm not saying that I lied I'm saying I think that I, I I'm I thought that we had used it in something, but I am, I may be misremembering it. I may be mixing it up with a line from Cool Hand Luke. Mm-hmm. You know um, what else so, is misremembered? Never mind. <laughs> you just go. Just go. Um, so, so Johnny, you, you pointed out the, the, the sort of bookending of the Do You Feel Lucky Punk, which, which yes, was really, how, really cool. I, well, I think it, it, it's really cool, and I think it works thematically fe- like phenomenally. Yeah. Like, you know, oh, yeah, it does. It, the first one is sets up like oh it's action kind of like uh-huh. it's more like cool action you know uh-huh. uh like 70s action and then at the end it's like oof this is this is not good this yeah. is this is not fun <laughs> i think mm-hmm. i mean i was i remember when i first saw this film and i, I was loving the film throughout but then when we mm-hmm. got to that bit and and we sort of got the payoff of that line mm-hmm. again in full mm-hmm. anger um, which we kind of never really, like, we mostly don't see Harry get to. Like, he's pretty frustrated a lot, but you don't yeah. ever, like, you, like, that is the most livid that he, like, he truly mm-hmm. wants to murder this guy. Because I think throughout oh, yeah. the rest of the film, he's not a killer. Not, I mean, he's, I'm sure he's killed people because clearly he has. I mean, he, he kills, he like, has. two, three people in the beginning when the bank robbed Yeah. Him. He shoots, like, but, a dude through the window. But that was, that was guys who were shooting. That was, like, an act. This is murder, what he's yeah. about to do. And that's different from a police-involved shooting, you know? Yeah. Sure. And But here he, it's, it, you know, the, the, the bank robbers in the beginning, it's police-involved shooting. There's an exchange of weapons fire. He's defending himself and the surrounding people. It's fairly justified. And he doesn't really have any sort of emotions tied into it. Because he's not killing them because he's angry. He's killing them because they are violent criminals. Scorpio... Mm. he's angry and he wants like you said revenge he wants this man dead and he's going to enjoy it to some extent yeah and uh and so that was and 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 then and then throwing the badge away in my mind also is not just that like he's frustrated with the system and everything but also he just killed he just murdered somebody and he doesn't feel like he can be a police officer anymore Mm -hmm. you know i didn't even read it that way Mm -hmm. i do have a question though yeah i mean just just is he a police officer in the sequels? He totally is. Okay. 100%. <laughs> I was I was like, how did they, does he just like become like a, a private investigator or something? Yeah. I was like, I'm pretty sure he probably just goes back to being a police officer and they just don't talk about I, it. In, 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 in today's like sequelizing uh, rationale, he would absolutely not be a police officer again. 
Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the second one, they're, they, they, as soon as the, as soon as they decided to make a sequel, I think they're like, well, he still needs to be able to walk around with a big ass gun and shoot people. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so he's got to be a police officer. Yeah. yeah. Um, although, because I mean, I, I oh, yeah. go, go ahead. Go no, ahead. no, go ahead. No, you, you go first. Okay. Well, I was gonna say the sequel. He is a police officer. Um, but it's the the sequel. He goes up against um some some bad police officers oh interesting yeah and so that's mm-hmm. what the sequel is about and the sequel and, and okay. the sequel magnum force is quite good um this, mm. the rest of the dirty harry films the other three are awful <laughs> i think magnum force was um re was one of the scripts for dirty harry revamped and i think it was um days of heaven director i don't know what you're talking who, about joe who directed days of heaven days I, of terrence heaven. malick oh mm. Terrence Malick had written a script for Dirty Harry, and I think they took that. They didn't like it for Dirty Harry. They took it and then turned it into Magnum Force. Oh, wow. I had no idea. That was incredible. That was one of the fun facts that I found. I, it's not like one that I pulled, but it's one that I remember. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, that's It's weird to think of Malick as doing anything as straightforward as a Dirty Harry movie. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so the, the sequel, aside from... I don't want to say that the sequel acts like the first one didn't happen, but it, mm-hmm. it, it, it doesn't carry any of the baggage of the first one either. Yeah. But um, one, one thing I do want to ask you guys is when you went into the movie knowing what you know about Clint Eastwood and knowing what you think you knew about Dirty Harry... Were you surprised at all about the character of Harry Callahan? Or, like, the characterization yes. of him in the film? Explain. He was a lot... It, I mean... What did you say, Joe? Sorry, I, I, I said distracted. explain. <laughs> no, no, go ahead. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, he was a lot... It was, like, a lot more violent than I had, like, thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Just because it's, like, the only movies I've seen of, like, Clint Eastwood are, like... They're not, like, extremely violent movies. Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah, I didn't think this would be as, like, just insanity as it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the Westerns are pretty violent. Uh, the Clint Eastwood Westerns are pretty violent, uh, right? Well, uh, yeah, some of them are pretty, pretty, pretty brutal. The one that I've seen, it wasn't super, super, super violent, I don't think. Yes. I would say the violence in this, though, is so much more realistic, I yeah. suppose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, like, without... The violence, you know, a lot of uh, shootouts in especially Western movies are stylized. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's like a style. This is like yeah. violence without style. Like, yeah. No, it's just violence. Yeah, Westerns you know? feel like fairy tales almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, you're right. Uh, and so uh, that's what struck me is like the, the um, we talked about the nitty gritty, but the, the grittiness of it. It's, yeah. Just, you know, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty, it's raw. Yeah. You know? it's, yeah. It's, um, it's, it's a pretty raw movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know. Yeah, it was good. I I didn't like. Um, obviously, there, I, I think it's played off as a joke, but I'm not entirely sure. Where he's like, "Oh, Harry hates like, everybody. Oh, he hates everybody." Yeah, yeah. and then he's like, oh, "Especially talking about all of know, these racial slurs and yeah, all these things." And I'm just like, mm. "I get it's the '70s, and I get it." And he winks, so it's to the to the other cops. So it's like he's. I'm assuming we're yeah, supposed to I take it in chest. Su- I think it was supposed to be more of a joke, but yeah. I, I can see your like. It being from the seventies, that it it's very hard to tell if he's being serious, especially because what we know about Clint Eastwood and mm-hmm. how much of a racist he is. Is he a racist? I mean, I don't know if he's a racist. He's a Republican. But, but well, I mean, he's definitely an old white man. True, but I, uh, but I don't know. I don't. I mean, he's. I, I just like I don't know. I've not heard one way or the other whether or not he's he's I a mean, racist. Me neither. Um, I feel like in a lot of like Green Torino. I feel like that's well, I mean, yeah, a, he, he plays he's racist a really big racist in that. And so it's just like, 
I don't know. He, it feels like he's kind of, he was a sex, like kind of a sexist at the beginning of like Million Dollar Baby. It's just, I feel like it, it, it plays with the person that we know, about, like the characteristics we know about him from his movies. Right. Um, he plays in very similar roles. Right. Well, so, so, so actually this kind of gets to, to what I was um, wondering if you guys had the same thought that I did when I first saw it, which was, I think I, when I first saw Dirty Harry, I was imagining, you know, here's going to be this, you know, big gun wielding, uh, you know, cop who, who loves to just like blow people away, you know, like kicks in the door and mm-hmm. he's like, like bitch hunter. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> you know, like let's go you know. bitches. <laughs> so, so anyway, I started blasting, you know, and he's just like going to just blow people away and, and, and enjoys doing that. And so I was kind mm-hmm. of surprised, you know, the first time we see him, he's, he's wearing like a sport coat and a sweater or a sweater vest. And mm-hmm. he's, and he's not, he's not that guy, you know, he's not mm-hmm. reveling in violence. Yeah. But he's still, mm-hmm. I, the thing I got for it is like, he doesn't revel in it, but he still gets himself into it a lot. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. cause he, he's, he, he's, he's like the, the rogue cop, right? He's the cop that plays by his own rules. Well, sort of. Sort of, but 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 that scene, the scene right before the the bank robbery, like he notices that something's mm-hmm. up. He says, "Call these, call this number," and then he says, "Please yeah. wait until the rest of the cops show up." Like he doesn't want to do it by himself. Unlike yeah, unlike what happens in um, the Lethal Weapon films. Frankly, like those those films, yeah. Riggs and Murtaugh very much so are like, "Let's go get them," <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. And, like yeah. Harry's, yeah. he he's he wants to wait for backup, and then mm. and then the situation goes south, and he has to act. Mm. But he but he mm-hmm. so he doesn't strike me as that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, after he saves the guy from jumping, and he goes to his partner. And he's like, Dirty Harry, they like that's why I get my name is they save all the dirty jobs for me. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, that scene was the scene that he directed. Mm-hmm. Um, and no, he was like, they, yeah, they were gonna like, he said, give me two nights to do it. He did it in one. Nice. Nice. Um, but yeah, like, the dude. <laughs> yeah, he directed that scene because they couldn't get like all of the camera crew and stuff up there, but also like the actual director was sick that day, but that's yeah. not why he was already scheduled to direct that scene, but yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, like that, he like Joe said, he he wants backup. Like he he only does the dirty jobs, like saving somebody from jumping off a ledge. Things that like you don't necessarily need a lot of backup for. Kind of the dirty job, right? The dirty or, jobs, or they make him the the bag man. You know, in this where he's got yeah. to mm. go deliver this cash by himself. And they and they don't care. Yeah, like they do not care. They're they're send. They, well, and they, they tell him not to like bring backup for that, but he ends up giving his like part his ex partner at that time a, a mic to follow him and mm-hmm. make sure he's got backup. Yeah, you know, and, he, and even the the whole like rogue loner cop of like a new I don't I work alone. It's like no, he just didn't want to work with somebody he didn't know because he doesn't yeah. like anybody. Which I'm the same way. I don't like anybody. Um and um you know and so I Chico. Gonzalez, I think, like totally, one hundred percent, won his respect. Mm-hmm. And then when he wants to leave the force, Harry's like, "Yeah, you're right," mm-hmm. you know. And it's like, I only didn't leave because this is what I'm good at. Yeah, yeah, I do. I did like that scene where he's just like, "I don't know, I yeah. don't know why I stay. I really don't." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was like, "Ah, oh, damn," because he he sells. I I, I, I do. I, I really like this. the thing I come away from this movie is just like Clint Eastwood in this particular. No matter what happens, like in the sequels, or whatever. Yeah, this movie, this role, fucking nailed it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's there's like a solemn solemnity to Harry Callahan, mm-hmm. you know, like he's he feels kind of stuck, I think, in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And he's mm-hmm. and he's 
just accepted it. Like he's basically laid down and accepted that this is his life. Uh, but I don't think he likes it. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I th- I think it's a I think it's a fantastic movie. Even though you could never make this film today. Nah. Well, I mean, it's a lot. Of, people will call it like it's propaganda. <laughs> yeah. The, the, yeah. Yeah. The, the word. Mm-hmm. You know, where it's like, oh, it's even in like the the first robbery scene. You know, it's mm-hmm. like black guys robbing. Uh, you know, and he's like shooting black people. And yeah. It's like, mm. It doesn't give it. You know, in today's light, it doesn't look great. Mm-hmm. But you know, obviously, it's we said it's it's a movie of that era, right? Reflecting yeah. the 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 thoughts and um, fears, really, mm-hmm. of of that era. Yeah. Um, and for yeah. what it does, I think it does it pretty well. Yeah. I mean, and just the the especially we talking about the shots. I mean, just the way it is made is is uh like you said this was this was before movies you know the way movies get made now the way we think of movies being made now this was before that yeah you know before mm-hmm. that really hit mm-hmm. the peak so yeah it was it was it was after the polish of like the f- studio system mm-hmm. and and it was before the art f- school uh i mean the 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 film school graduate time of filmmakers it was like right in, yeah. in the middle kind of like mm-hmm. almost om- i don't want to say Dirty Harry is cinema verite, but it's it's more in line with that kind of filmmaking. Um, mm. And like you said, Johnny, I think you nailed it perfectly. You said it was raw. That movie is raw in mm-hmm. in every way, shape, and form. Yeah, really well done. It's just not like a you don't feel good after you watch this movie. No, no, you don't. You feel you pretty feel terrible. Kind of dirty. Yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah, I, which is which is maybe because because you're right. I think it is to some extent propaganda, but it's also not. But it's complicated propaganda. Yeah, well, it's, that's, it, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's 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 sort there's, of that there's way. There's bits but of it. There's hints of it, maybe. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, where it's like, oh, the cops are the good guys. And, like, to some extent, in this world, they are. Because mm-hmm. uh, he's coming up against unimaginable evil forces. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, yeah, of course, you know, the first time he got him in, in that in the football field, oh, my God, well, you should just fucking kill this guy right now. Yeah. This guy's yeah. a fucking monster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, then, and you're on board and for then, it as an audience member. Yeah, as an audience, you're just like, this guy is awful. Like, Jesus Christ. Uh, and then by the end of it, you're really like, okay, this guy needs to fucking go. Uh-huh. Now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and the character feels that way too. But like you said, like, I didn't even get that part. Like when he tosses the badge, mm-hmm. he's just like, oh, I get it's like a rejection of the system. You know, he kind of, he talks about like, oh, the rights that you would like, oh, I feel real bad about his rights. Yeah. Um, but I didn't even think like, oh, I have, I have now crossed the line mm-hmm. where I can't go back to this, mm-hmm. this person that I was. You yeah. Know? yeah. Uh, I didn't catch that at all. And you pointed it out and I'm like, oh, that makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you guys liked it. I'm really glad. I'm glad you guys liked it. Cause I, uh, as I was watching, I was like, this might be too much of an old man film for, <laughs> for either of these it's, two. Joe, it's Joe, definitely an old man film. An old man, remember? <laughs> <laughs> Again with the lies. You are not an old man. In spirit. You are a somewhat young woman. <laughs> In spirit, I am a grumpy old man. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it is definitely like, you know, like, a, you know, my uncle who's nearing 70, I think, um, yeah. mm-hmm. is, is you know, the, this is the kind of movie that I would expect some, you know, to, like if, if you're going to be introduced to this film, it's going to be somebody like that. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it's, it's, it's just a slower pace than what we're used to. Right. In terms yeah. of, you know, and it's not, but it's not, I mean, it feels long, but it's, I like the, the cat and mouse yeah, at all. Mm-hmm. the chase, mm-hmm. you know, really keeps you invested. So like, yeah. once he gets away, like, because he gets away like three times, doesn't yeah. he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
He gets away like at the cross mm-hmm. when he gives him the money. Uh, he gets away he when the money. when they're actually shooting at him when they get into the shootout with him on the rooftops. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Oh shit, four. Yeah, right. And then he gets away in the football field. Uh huh. Well, he doesn't get away in the football field, but he just well, they but get him through the they... legal system. He gets away. Yeah, he gets away. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then after he turns himself in for getting beat up by a police officer. Mm-hmm. And and that's what I mean about the the movie. Like every time you think the movie's it's like at first you think this movie's gonna be about you know, trying to find the guy and then they find yeah. him and then, yeah. and then instead it's now trying to capture the guy and then they do. Mm. And then they still can't keep him. Like the movie constantly yeah. changes as, as you're watching it to the point where it's, it's not as straightforward as you thought it was going to be when you started watching. Yeah. True. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. Um, Which so is I, like I something that. to be said for movies now where it's like, it's extremely predictable. Mm. Like if well, you this could movie the was beats, made now, you know? mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. If his movie was made now, he probably they would just basically be like Zach Zach I said Zack Snyder David Fincher's Zodiac, where it's like they're just kind of chasing him all over town. They don't find him until the very end, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then there's like this big shootout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, or it would be like the the constant uh, uh, the the cat and mouse of you know there would be lots of letters. There'd be maybe threatening phone calls and like we gotta find mm-hmm. this guy, and they'd just be that would be the 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 main thrust of the film. We gotta find this guy. Um, yeah, and um, and then it would turn out to be you know somebody in the precinct. I don't know, you know, like it would be that kind yeah. of thing. Whereas I, I feel like not that this movie has anything in common with Knives Out or anything that Ryan Johnson does, but. I love Ryan Johnson's work mainly because the movie that I thought I you was going like to him. see and because I look like him, uh, it's hard to hate yourself. And when you see when it's hard to hate somebody who's wearing your <laughs> not face. if you're me, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, like uh, it's his movies are never what I thought I was going to like never is never the movie. His movie that I his movies are never the movie that I think I'm going to see when I sit down in the theater. It yeah. Always, yeah, it's always the setup, and then he goes somewhere else, and it's so it's much better than I could have assumed. In every way, yeah. consistently, and that's how all of his yeah. films are. Um, and and that's and I love that. I love when a movie unfolds, you know, versus yeah. just laying there while you look at it. Well, it just hits the beats. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like yeah. you know the rhythm, so it just hits the beats, and yeah. you're like, okay, I know what's gonna happen. Yep. Yeah, this movie uh, definitely. I think that's part of its rawness. Mm-hmm. It's, it's um, you know, the way it twists and turns. It's really yeah. good. Mm-hmm. And it keeps you off balance. I was surprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does for sure. Amy, do you have any fun facts? I have some fun facts. Or do we have anything else to say? Anybody, anybody have anything recasting. else? Recasting. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get started, Amy. Going, um, there was one I was going to talk about earlier, but I forget what it was. Um, if I remember it, I'll come back to it because I didn't write it down. But... After Clint Eastwood and Don Siegel came on board the project, they hired Dean Reisner to work on the script. In his first rewrite, the bank robbery scene ends with Harry not pointing the gun at the robber, but placing it against his own temple. Oh. He pulls the trigger, laughs, and then walks away. Eastwood and Siegel both felt that this was too extreme, even for Harry Callahan. That's a Martin Riggs thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this, this one actually reminded me of the fact that I was going to talk about. It's um, a kind of about the time capsule that this movie is in, and like the do you punk? Mm. It's not actually him saying punk at the end. He's saying buck, um, which was a slang, derogatory slang term for African Americans in the seventies, and they Whoa. had to um, ADR punk in. If you look, if you watch his mouth, yeah, he yeah. he does a B at the beginning instead of a P. Wow, uh, that's a good change. That's a good. Anytime you can yeah. take out a slur is is a good change. <laughs> 
yeah correct um so i don't know if they like if they had cut this and done it prior like i didn't see any facts about it before they did the scene at the very end where he re-delivers that line Mm. or if they changed it to punk in post at the beginning because he uses it at the end. Mm-hmm. When Clint Eastwood approached Don Siegel to offer him the directing job, Eastwood gave Siegel four drafts. Oh, this is the Terrence Malick one, um, written by Terrence Malick. In Malick's script, he had altered Scorpio from being a mindless psychopathic killer only because he likes it to being a vigilante who killed wealthy criminals and had escaped justice. Mm-hmm. Siegel didn't like Malick's script, but Eastwood did, and Malick's ideas formed the basis for the sequel, Magnum Force. Mm-hmm. Which is very good. If you guys liked this, I, I highly recommend Magnum Force. I added all four sequels, even if they're not good, to my list to watch sometime ah. in the future. Yeah, I'll definitely check out to see the, the second one. Uh, I'm interested to see, especially because it's checking on Dirty Cops. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like, as Amy said, there's a vigilante cop, so it's kind of like, you know, Dirty Harry, in a way, taking on himself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Andrew Robinson was cast at the behest of Clint Eastwood, who had seen him in a Broadway production of Dostoevsky's The Idiot. Eastwood then convinced producer and director Don Siegel that Robinson had the right unnerving characteristics to make an effective Scorpio. And another fact that I don't think I pulled was um, Robinson was also kind of nervous about taking this role because... He felt that, like, he couldn't quite get into the character, and he, mm. like, abhors gun violence. So yep. when they first started shooting, he could he would, like, flinch whenever the gun would go off. So they mm-hmm. sent him to, like, a two-week training camp to shoot a gun properly. And when he shoots, you can still see him close his eyes, like, in mm-hmm. the scene. Yeah. Um, this is probably one of my favorite ones, and I pulled this maybe a little bit more for Joe, but there's a, but there's a bit at the end for Johnny. Um when composer Lalo Schifrin was scoring the movie, he told producer and director Siegel that he wanted to use female vocals for the scenes with the Scorpio killer in them. When Siegel asked him why, Schifrin replied that he believed Scorpio was conflicted about what he was doing as he wore a peace symbol on his belt buckle. Yet, he was a murderer. Schifrin believed that Scorpio heard voices in his head and, a female, and the female vocals would represent that. This particular score was later sampled by... NWA in 1991 for their song Approach to Danger. Hmm. Nice. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, there's... I like the, the 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 conflicting thoughts in his head and Yeah. I I I and mean Robinson really portrays that very well, especially when he gets into like this hysterical laughter moment uh-huh. towards the end. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. You don't ever really get I mean, I guess I mean, I think that's the thing that movies nowadays would do more so like uh, investigation into the psyche of the killer, or yeah, more, a little bit more into his backstory, right? Like his motivation. It's very much like a procedural, like the procedural serialized procedurals within television have kind of branched out their way into like films, and like a detective movie would act more like a, a like a procedural cop drama. It would give you the context for like, oh, he was beaten as a child, so this is why he's this yeah. way or something. Yeah, some shit like that. Whereas, you know, because there's, there's, that's mo- I think normally what happens, but you know, if you look at a movie like Alien, or if you look at Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight, you know, in the case of the Alien or the case of the Joker, it's kind of like I don't know, it just showed up. We don't know anything about it, but yeah. we have to deal with it. Yeah. And and mm-hmm. I like that, because it just makes it that much more terrifying. Yeah, yeah which no, I, I, yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Johnny. No, I was just going to say, I agree. I en- I enjoyed that aspect of it. You didn't need it. You kind of just, the movie works well enough on its own. You just, yeah. okay, this guy, mm-hmm. you can see, you see him sort of like unravel. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. and he gets yeah. more and more uh, psychotic. Mm-hmm. I yeah. Mm-hmm. 
that's why I think I like a lot of movies from like especially early cinema 50s to like 70s and stuff is because there wasn't like like a lot of the times now there's a need a reason we have to have this story and a lot of these movies they're just telling a story for the sake of telling a story mm-hmm. like I saw a review of one of my friends had done of Black Widow and they're like this is a completely unnecessary movie the story is unnecessary to the rest of whatever has been going on why do we have this movie we don't need it and my theory like my reasoning is like one it's a fun movie two that's how films were from the start of cinema it's like you don't have to have a reason to tell this story someone just thought of it and made it mm-hmm. there was no connecting thread to anything else it's just a story that someone wanted to tell yeah and that's why i can like it i that's one thing i don't like about modern filmmaking is like everyone has to have a reason and a backstory for absolutely everything it's like why can't you just let something be mm-hmm. it's like it's a mystery you don't have to know everything yeah no, i agree i i think uh and then it, and then it just if you do it well it just makes the movie sort of linger with you more because then you start you start yeah. pondering over it and, and developing your own ideas and yeah i think that's great yeah um this next one is another joe one um, Dirty Harry is a slang term for a photographer either shooting paparazzi and or modeling shots with a single lens reflex camera, SLR. The slang term for an SLR camera is a Magnum 40, or a 44 Magnum. Did you know that, Joe? It is? I, so I know what a single reflex camera is. That's the kind that you, where you have to like look down in the thing because there isn't a, isn't mm-hmm. a mirror to show you exactly what the lens sees. Mm-hmm. So that's really interesting. I didn't know, I didn't know that. I mean, it, again, these are like IMDb facts. Anybody can do it like wikipedia sure so sure i don't know i don't know you're the you're the expert here <laughs> i'm not gonna go around calling a camera anything other than a oh, 44 magnum <laughs> <laughs> this year is a 44 magnum it's capable of photographing your head clean off <laughs> clean on <laughs> so i have one final fun fact before i get into a couple recastings in the opening with the memorial wall of the names of SFPD officers killed in the line of duty mm. is shown the name Eric A. Zelms is shown. Um, Zelms is one of the two SFPD officers who likely saw and possibly spoke to the infamous Zodiac killer on the night of October 11th in 1969 as they responded to the Zodiac killer's murder of the cab driver Paul Stein in the Presidio Heights area of San Francisco. As Zelms and his partner Don Foke were driving towards the murder scene, they encountered a lone Caucasian male walking away from the direction of the crime scene. Since the initial and erroneous police description of the murder suspect was a black male, Zelms and Foke let the man let the man proceed on his way. Later, when the perce- police description of the murder suspect was corrected to a white male, there was much speculation. speculation that Zelms and Folk had encountered and possibly spoke to the Zodiac Killer as he fled from the murder scene. Wow. And I believe this um, this particular scene is actually in the Zodiac movie. Mm-hmm. It's like right before Mark Ruffalo gets to the scene of the crime. Wow. That'd be a hell of a thing. Yeah. So some recastings. Only for Scorpio and Harry. There's a lot for Harry. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Don Siegel was hired as director, he was considering Audie Murphy for the role of Scorpio Killer Siegel thought it would be a nice irony to have a genuine war hero and heroic screen icon known for playing clean-cut characters playing a psychopathic killer. Mm. Siegel offered Murphy the role, but Murphy had died in a plane crash in May 28, 1971, prior to making his final decision. So that's a no. Wow. So it's going to be a no? (laughs) (laughs) Which, that 
kind of like if he had made his decision by May 28th, 1971, that means this film was filmed and edited extremely quickly because it was released in December of that same year. Oh yeah, I mean I mean you saw the the credits. Like it's it didn't it didn't oh, yeah, used it to take minimal. that many people to to make a movie. Yeah. It's like you had a camera person, you had a DP, you had some gaffers and some grips and you had some audio people and actors and you know, production design was, I think, probably largely like, okay, we've got this office building. Let's get some desks for it. Okay, we're done. Like, yeah. th- 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 these details weren't poured over the way they are now. Like, there And there probably wasn't mm-hmm. much in sound design. It was like, okay, let's make sure we can hear everybody. Let's make sure that the city sounds like the city, that the offices sound like offices. Make sure the rifles and the, and the handguns sound like that. Okay, we're good. Let's move on. Like, it was very, mm-hmm. probably in the 70s, making a film was more like then like making a film with your friends now you know yeah mm-hmm. uh so let's do harry because it's a lot uh robert mitchum turned down the lead role calling this a film i would not do for any amount mitchum's younger brother john appeared in the first three movies as inspector frank DiGiorgio. Hmm. um burt lancaster turned down the lead role because he strongly disagreed with the violence of the story and with what he perceived as its right-wing morals mm-hmm. yeah. lee marvin turned down the lead role and in his 1980 interview with playboy george c scott claimed that he was initially offered the lead role but the script's violent nature led him to turn it down yeah. Um, when Universal Pictures allowed its option on this movie and character to lapse, WB purchased the rights with a view to cast Frank Sinatra. Sinatra was interested, however, he had broken his wrist during the filming of Manchurian Candidate, and during contract negotiations, he found the large handgun too unwieldy. Additionally, his father had recently passed away, and Sinatra decided he wanted to do some lighter material. Hmm. After Sinatra dropped out, WB considered Marlon Brando for the role, but never officially approached him. Next, they offered it to Steve McQueen mm-hmm. and then Paul Newman, both of who turned it down. McQueen didn't want to do another cop movie after Bullet, mm-hmm. and Newman felt the movie was too right-wing. Newman, however, suggested Clint Eastwood as a possible star. He's like, I got the right, right-wing right guy for you. <laughs> yeah. you got the. Yeah, I got the extreme white, right, right-wing guy for you. You know, in the future, he's going to stand on stage and talk to an empty stool. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, and then my last one is, when Frank Sinatra and Irvin Kirshner were still attached to the project, James Caan was under consideration for the role of Scorpio. Hmm, that would have been a very different movie. That would have been, yeah, mm-hmm. extremely different movie. Yeah, it's it's funny because the the thing you said about Sinatra and the gun, because um, I remember my uncle Gil telling me that the the forty four Magnum was too much gun. He's like, no, that's that's that, mm-hmm. it's it's it is too much gun. It is impossible basically to to you to deal with it. And I'm the one time that I went shooting, um, there was somebody in like a, a few stalls over from me, um, who like my, my friend and I had a Smith and Wesson nine millimeter semi automatic. And the somebody down the line from us had I don't know I don't know I know guns a little bit but I don't so mm-hmm. I, but I don't know what it was it was a revolver it was big and every time that guy fired it felt like somebody was kicking me in the chest and he was several stalls down and I just remember wow. thinking like God damn you yeah, know that's a weapon that, I mean <laughs> yeah it's that's a, that's a big no from me <laughs> yeah well that's. That is, is that it? All is that the everything. That's it. Boy. Yeah. All right, Amy. So, uh, I, th- I mean, I think I know the answer, but it, does it hold up? Absolutely. Johnny? Yeah. I mean, it's solid. It's a solid. I mean, I, you know, it, it is. It's right wing leaning. It's, it's sort of got this like, oh, 
everybody's too soft and you got to get tough kind of mentality yeah. to it. Mm-hmm. But Rub I think it, dirt pull- on it. Yeah, but um, I think it kind of pulls it off pretty well, and it, yeah. the movie as a movie is is very good. I feel mm-hmm. like, granted, this is this is our our history, um, but I feel mm-hmm. like um, this is the world from which eventually Judge Dread will spring, you know? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and, yeah. uh, but then again, I, I think maybe that's where we're headed anyway. So we'll see. <laughs> uh, so who knows? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Well, right. listener, well, I'm glad you let us it. know what you guys think of Dirty Harry or Joe. Unclean Harold. That's the British version. <laughs> <laughs> Starring Michael Caine. <laughs> oh, he could do it. Oh, wow. Oh, man, he could so do it. Oh, yeah, I know. I he technically did something that. similar to that. I know that there's, there is a, a, a Harry Kane movie uh, where he does play like a grizzled old police officer, and it was sort of newer. It was like when he was older. You know um, what? I, I don't think know I, what it was. I think I, I know exactly the film you're talking about. Uh, give me and one. And I heard it was really good. Um, um, and I always wanted to check it out just because I don't know. Like it's it's movies. called. Is it called like? Um, it's called. It's got a similar it's like name. Mr. To Dirty something. Harry. It's like yeah. It, I don't know what the fuck it's called, but it's Mr. Uh, Nobody. No. 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 no That's no, the Jared no. Leto it's, movie. <laughs> it's uh. I don't know, but. It, 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 that when I'm thinking about like uh, Dirty Harry, I'm like, oh, it kind of uh, reminds me. I could also picture oh, no, that's kind of that. like a Kingsman type movie. Harry Brown, that's the name of the movie. What's it? Harry Harry something. Harry Harry Brown. Yeah, I I saw that film. Um, it's not as cathartic as you want it to be. Fair enough. But it was because it's like a friend of his old old man friend of his gets hurt and he decides to go after the the bad guys who who did it the the punk kids who did it. Mm-hmm. But it's but it's so like a British John Wick. Kind of, yeah. yeah but I'm but looking old. at the poster right now. No, I'm looking at the poster right now, mm-hmm. and it's him in a trench coat, and he's holding a revolver. So mm-hmm. Yep. It's very reminiscent. It's got the word Harry in it. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> what is it called? Wait, Harry? Ha- Harry Brown. Harry Brown. Yeah. 2009. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, oh, it's, yeah. it's definitely worth a watch. It's just not exactly what I wanted it to be, if Fair I'm remembering enough. correctly. I, I don't know why I was just, I said, you know, you said Unclean Herald, and I was like, that's very British. Yeah, no, that's, <laughs> and, I mean, that's... When I think very British, I think Michael Caine. <laughs> okay, listener, well, when do you watch Unclean Herald? <laughs> Let us know on Twitter or Instagram at nostalgitis n o s t a l g i t i s or on email nostalgiaeffectpod at gmail dot com and don't forget to be kind and rewind. <laughs>